I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with loads in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. We spent Monday's episode in a police station and today we're backstage at a gig with all the lovely accoutrements that come with that. Beer, snacks, meeting the headline act, watching their lead singer pull a knife out of a dead girl's head and bewilderingly, Patrick Stewart. Guess he's a fan of Cowcatcher 2. Yes, from 2015, we're talking green room. Okay, I'm with the Eight Rights from Washington, D.C. You guys are hard to find. Why no social media presence? Music is shared live. It's time and aggression. You gotta be there. Sorry, guys. Gotta clear up. Follow me. And then it's over. So which film in this week's Siege Sucker Punch will be victorious? We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Putters. I am Odin himself. I'm not. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. Welcome then to part two of Assault on Precinct 13 versus Green Room. As you well know, at the end of this episode, we will have the verdict, at which point we declare which is definitively the better film. Before we get into this episode, it's time for a dip into the digital mail, but it's not. No, the digital mail. One. No one brought it. <laughs> Fuck in hell. I left it on the plane. I broke the digital mail bag. Because you got so much in it. And it's not the only thing I broke. My, you know the dog I'm friends with, Pele? What did you do? Pele, no. Pele in, in Austin. Pele ate my razor. <gasps> Are you joking? Yeah, my electric razor that I've used to massage my head. Because Pele wanted to get to my stubble shavings to lick them. And then what happened? She just broke and she just smashed the thing up I while I was out. I you were going to say the dog was dead. <laughs> oh my God. 
dogs. See, but, I nearly killed the dog and then I didn't. So it's like what he wanted from assault on precinct as well. You buried the, You did that on purpose. You, you were like, yeah. he, the dog ate a razor. Yeah. I thought you meant it swallowed it. Yeah. Wow. Just chewed it up. Right. That's annoying, actually. You should ask them to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me stay here for free, Chris. Yeah, but that was 90 quid. I'm so. going to need some money. <laughs> Pele was ashamed for the rest of the day, though. She knew she'd done wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't look me in the eye. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, no review this week, but uh, we can get straight into today's movie. So on Monday, it was police versus gang zombies, and today, punks versus Nazis. V, take us on a journey. You cannot trust a neo-Nazi. What? Even when they're national treasure, Patrick Stewart, especially then, you punk. Something the ain't rights learn pretty quickly when they witness a bad murder and then are imprisoned in the green room. Although they do actually make it out a few times, but then have to go running back because of dogs. Really evil, massive Nazi dogs. Feedback averse dogs. So there's a glimmer of hope. Oh, no, there's not. As the band are then brutally picked off one by one by fascist soldiers loyal to Captain Picard until there's only Amber and Pat left. But as it happens, Amber's pretty nifty with a box cutter and a gun and then a gun again. Basically, she's banging to revenge. <coughs> Excuse me. So Darcy and Cole snuff it while Amber and Pat wait it out and release the tension of the day with a kiss. Oh, no. She essentially tells him to shut the fuck up and luckily for him, he does. Do you say... Can I ask you this as a northerner? Do you say Nazi or Nazi? Nazi. Okay, I used to say Nazi and then Mark shamed me until I changed what I do. (laughs) I've always been curious. I wouldn't be worried about what they think. (laughs) Who cares cares how you pronounce their name? Thank you, sister. Yes, good, Mark. (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) Call them what you like. Nobeds, I call them. (laughs) So now then, I was really excited to see this. I'm glad we're doing it, but it did pass me by at the time. I I felt guilty about it because I knew I'd like it. Uh, but I just didn't see it. So there we are. So it's a first watch. What first about watch. you? Yeah. Uh, never seen it. No, no. I've, I've kept meaning to sort of... And it's really weird because Blue Ruin is... The, Netflix really wants me to watch Blue Ruin. And I haven't. And it's... I don't know why. I like I like all of this. You won't be told what to do. No. That's true. I've got scrolling forever. <laughs> you didn't think of that, did I've you? I've also been banging on about it since we started this podcast. Yeah. That I want to do it with a sort of Precinct 13. Yes. Because mm. I know the people that made this. Uh, and I chose not to see their first film, Blue Ruin, when I was at a festival in Austin because I thought oh I can't see my mate's movie over this bigger film I should see right and then I immediately regretted it when it started winning all these awards yeah. and I did eventually watch it and it was a friggin masterpiece is it really good it's really good okay it is unbelievably good and so when what's I had it, the opportunity about Blue Ruin can you say without we spoke it? about it at length when we were away together it's a revenge it's a very slow revenge drama that gets somewhere very dark at the end okay and uh the lead actor is Macon Blair, who plays Gabe here. Yes. I'll talk yes. to you about it a little bit. Um, but yes, yeah, so I wasn't going to make the mistake twice. And so I saw Green Room at the earliest possible opportunity. <laughs> uh, it was at the London Film Festival at an early press screening. And yeah, it, it's a great audience film as well. I bet it is. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a brilliant film. But yeah, when you're all in it together and there's so many shocking moments and the tension is so high, mm. uh, it felt amazing in that room. So. Yeah. So I'll tell you a bit about it, but you can correct me if I get any of this wrong. I haven't got very much. Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit embarrassing. Like, I'm at the wedding on Saturday night on the dance floor... Uh, singling out people involved with this film asking them to tell me anecdotes while they're dancing the DJ's playing and then I ran to the toilet and wrote them all in notes on my phone oh well, my so, so it might be a bit patchy what I got <laughs> feel free to take over during this section yeah. it's not my favourite section so it's written and directed by Chris Jeremy is it Saulnier yeah Jeremy okay. Saulnier. Saulnier so based on his own short film he knows the punk world um, so this all I'm going to talk about is my experience of this like 
Yeah, I... he was a he was a singer, or he called. I've heard him call himself a yeller. Oh, really? uh, in a hardcore band but he said his friends were in sort of bigger hardcore bands and they were playing gigs and touring so he felt like he was very much immersed in that world and yeah. culture which I think you can feel when you are watching this film that this it's... is what I mean and it mm. brings you back to you can tell it's authentic it doesn't feel like a tourist view mm. and in some ways you're like oh do you have to have lived experience of something to do a good job But that, and that's a huge debate but when you do have lived experience yeah. of it and you just do a brilliant job mm. then those things come together and you can it's, just, it's like confidence in the details yes. and not hand holding like the bar that exists I've never seen a place like I don't know if that's a real thing or not but you just believe it exists because he knows it does mm. and you can feel all of that in the film yeah I mean it looks like a few rugby clubs I've been to back in the day even me I was like even I wouldn't go in there (laughs) Um, but he also said that like as a teenager going to those gigs was the first time he'd seen a full grown adult Nazi (laughs) and realised that oh this this actually exists in the world in America at this point in time wow that's scary isn't it it really is that's the scariest thing because it it does feel so authentic and because then you sort of go yeah this happens this is this is a thing well the big thing about this film was it was 2015 yeah when I certainly didn't realise there was a problem with Nazis yeah. in America. And then Charlottesville happens two years later, the Unite the Right rally where, the, the you know, yeah. the, the, that murder happens. Yeah. And it's like, I think, he had, I think they had their finger on the pulse with this film about where America was heading. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary, isn't it? Like, where I live, there's been some protests outside a pub. And it's... They are Nazis! <laughs> like, they're not... Mm, they're not shy about it. Yeah. No, it's a Nazi pub. No, it's a really cool pub. And what they've got is... They have events on. They have uh, spoken word, storytelling. It's a family pub. Right. And they had a drag act reading kids stories or something i don't even know because it's so innocent and so kids can go and watch uh, a drag out read stories cool but the nazis do not like that and so this pub became like you know whatever the middle of the freaking culture wars because the left turned out to be like stop boycotting they, the nazis were outside being like don't let your kids be read to by a drag act right it's you know it's, i'm not i'm not going to say what they were saying so then the left turn up in force to protest against the protest then the police get involved what side are you on please and it's like that's that's like 10 minutes from my house and it's horrible it's brilliant that the left turned out in force but when people are self-identifying as yeah i'm a nazi like it's yeah like they weren't all nazis that some of them are just very concerned parents who can fuck off but uh they were nazis but, 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 but were they standing with the nazis <laughs> yeah they bloody were they're like i'm not a nazi but i wouldn't let my kid anywhere near it's a, it there's a big swing is it shall we as mothers shall we just go and stand over there in a set no we'll stay with the nazis okay we'll stay with the nazis awful people that's got to be awkward at the school gates yeah <laughs> did i see you with that <laughs> terrible so yeah as you said uh jeremy saunier was a skater kid and he loved the dead kennedys and so that's their song that the ain't rights play which is naughty punks fuck off uh, at uh, the beginning the, i think i only know one dead kennedy song oh a cover of california uber Alice. Oh, I love mm, that song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, thanks for that. No worries. I didn't think I knew any. I sing, I sing along to that. And I think that's brilliant. <laughs> and then, but that's as far as I can go there. So yeah, he self-financed it because um, Blue Ruin. Everybody loved Blue Ruin, and he, Jeremy Saunier says he was offered bigger stuff, but he had to do this for his hardcore friends because it's you know it's from a place of authenticity and all the rest of it. Uh, Patrick Stewart is in it <laughs> because <laughs> they've got the same management company, which is a thrilling anecdote. But it all just came <laughs> together. So this is the only thing I was snagged on. So it cost about five million, 
but I read it only made 3.5 and I st- I cannot get my head around it. Maybe so. I mean, I, d- I don't know the, the ins and outs of that, but but yeah, was it? So. But does it feel like a hit? It felt like the reviews are good. It's mm. cheap-ish. It's well done. It's well... Ca- all, there's nothing wrong with this film. So why would it not just go no, through the roof? I don't understand. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't play in many cinemas, to be honest. For, you know, art house films that get good reviews don't always get a, a huge wide release. I think it's a pretty standard thriller, to be honest. Like, I don't think it's that... It's a bit of a cult classic. I bet it is. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. I bet it becomes a cult classic. Mm. All right, so that's all I have. Uh, let's talk about the film, shall we? So we meet... That ain't right. I love this. Like they, I know I because I know with the pastor and all the rest of it. Like I know these are the good guys, but they do take time to establish that they're good guys in a minute. But they're living hand to mouth. They're living in their van. I find that quite romantic, and I like the dynamic. Uh, you of used the group. to have a little camper van, didn't you? Oh, I loved my van. It's gone yeah. though. It's gone. Had to sell it. Can't fit three kids in the back. Uh, That's the only reason. And it's a money pit. Was the other? It reason. was one of those VW campers, wasn't it? Yes, they are money pits. Unbelievable, mm. eye watering. Anyway, so singer uh, Tiger, which is Callum Turner, bassist Pat Anton Yelchin, guitarist Sam Alia Shawcat, drummer Reese Joe Cole. There we go. So they're stealing petrol, which even then you're like, that's quite cute. Uh, moving from gig to gig. So this is fun because it's it is a horror-ish, but they've got no social media, so that's just done. They will yep. they will not be able to call for help. Love it, and the way that they cover that off is it's part of their like punk credentials and you just but you believe it they feel really genuine mm. and they don't feel like arseholes for being like well you know we're not on social media so talking tick, tick that box yeah get yeah. it done, get done do early it. Yeah. yeah and so like confidently you don't even notice that's what's happening so and they're talking to the music journalists and this is important for later who their desert island bands are and normally, I hate stuff like that, but it just, they just feel so real. Like it feels like it's important to them. It didn't feel gatekeepery. I think the tightness of the group, <coughs> the, the equality that you can feel in that group. Yes, there's a girl in the group, but it's not, she's not the girl of the group. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I just loved all of that. They just seemed really real to me. So <laughs> they're set up with this gig. There'll be no burning crosses, no talking politics. And so you're like, oh, you're the good guys. That's just just for anyone at the back who wasn't paying attention. We are not white supremacists, is what they're saying. So good. That's going to become important. Um, and then they get to this dive bar. And it's it's really scary. Like, I'm, you were aware? Yes. Yeah. Like, it's just terrifying. The building up, the is minute, scary. The whole thing. Like, it's just, it's like it's like deliverance dialed up to 11 with yeah. Nazis. It's just, you, you, you feel, are not welcome you here. You feel so isolated there. Yeah. The car park's terrible. Mm. Everything about it is horrible. It's then, but there, it's a weird middle ground. They're not welcome by the looks, but because Gabe straight away like, okay, here you go. Da-da-da, there's the green room. There isn't really time to go. Oh, maybe this is a bad idea. They're just sort of straight on with it, yeah. which is really good sort of economy. Yeah. So that's uh, that is my friend Macon Blair who plays Gabe, and yeah. I was asking him about this film, and he this what was interesting about what he told me was that he wasn't cast in this role initially so he's you know best friends with jeremy since they were kids and they've worked on everything together but they while he helped him develop the script and the movie they never talked about casting he wanted to be in the film mark weber was supposed to play gabe mark weber uh plays daniel yes and uh but macon auditioned for it by shaving his head getting some fake tattoos and then having travel across new york to go and shoot his audition with him looking like that but it worked because he got the role and he Mark Webber was recast. He should because he's in Blue Ruin. <laughs> That's his audition, isn't it? Like Evidently not. Uh, wow. Mark Webber was cast in Wowzers. the role and then he changed what it once he, he saw his mate's audition tape. <laughs> he's so good in it as he's well. Fantastic. Mm. He's brilliant. Yeah. So our band are opening for Cowcatcher. 
They are not nice people. Uh, Wikipedia tells me they are NSBM, which is National Socialist Black Metal. Okay. No, not good. <clears throat> you don't want any of that. And so that's my other friend, Brent Wersner, plays Worm, the lead singer. Oh, right. The killer. Yeah. The guy who spits at them. Uh, I, all he told me was that he just realised quite early on in the shoot that he had to stay away from the band, the the the, the main characters, because they were getting on too well and laughing and joking, yeah. and he wanted to feel an element of fear from them, and so he stayed away. He's fucking terrifying in this film. Yes, he, he is, has, yeah. like, three scenes. <laughs> that bit where he leans in and just goes, your set was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was the name of the second to last song? That was hardcore. That's what I did. And you're like, oh my God. This is fucking Rock on, Brent. (laughs) So yes, it will turn out that uh, Worm of Cowcatcher is a murderer, but we'll come back to that. So then we just do some character stuff here and it's a good scene uh, sort of to get you into the music. So the ain't rights, they're going to antagonise the crowd. They play Nazi punks, fuck off. But that establishes that they're brave as well. I still think, I, I, I love it. Yeah. It's it, it's a bold, bold swing playing that at a, a Nazi club. And then for the Nazis to go, oh, actually, we like this next one. Yes. You've just spent a song telling us to fuck off. Yeah, they love that but shit, the, though, the, don't they? they? Do they? They hate it at first. Like, Boo, you don't tell us to fuck right. off. And then I think these kids have got balls. Right, okay. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Fine. Um, yeah, they win the round and then the mosh pit, uh, you know, it shot it. Jeremy Saunier shot it very lovingly, very slowly. Uh, to show you the beauty of the music that he hears. I mean, I don't like mosh pits. I feel comfortable to say that. I'm quite scared Did of them. Did you ever, though? Because I don't like them now, obviously. But when I was a kid, like, you used to sort of go yeah. in and then sort of run out. And Do you want to know why? And this make this sounds awful. I don't want to spill my drink. And that's the only reason I won't go in, apart from the physical brutality. But primarily... The first gigs I ever went to that even had a mosh pit. How, is, it, how is this news? Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, fair, that's a fair point. But I've bought a pint of Red Stripe and it's cost me some of all of my money I've earned down Darwin Fruit and Veg Market. I don't want to spill it. So, no, I'm not in the mosh pit. The best mosh pit I've ever seen, ever seen. Um, actually, we'll have to talk about it. I've just realised who it was. It's a, it's a band that we don't talk about anymore. Not Gary Glitter again, is it? Not, no, more, more recent, but not far away. From, from from that awful. Oh God, I know it. Oh no, yeah. I think I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's enough. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. All right, well, we'll get back to these uh, bad people instead, shall we? Mm. So anyway, we've done the gig. We can go home. No, we can't because Emily is dead. Pat has seen too much. Um, so the the, the thing. Oh God, are you going to say something? It feels real. This situation, though, it feels very believable. Like yes. just that wrong place, wrong time. Um, sometimes. That can be unconvincing in a film, but I, f- I felt like I c- this could happen. Mm. Yeah. This could happen to me in the wrong situation. Like, yes. you're in the wrong room at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. And your whole life is ruined. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I'm obsessed with stuff like that. You just piss off the wrong person and it's all over for everyone. Yeah. Amazing. Like 10 seconds either way and it wouldn't have happened. And you think about the whole day, if you'd lost five seconds or gained five seconds or whatever... You wouldn't have seen it, and then you just would have moved on. That you know the sort of multiverse thing. Oh about my god! That. Or if you if the doors had closed, they'd slide. They slide together. Oh and, my god! And your whole and then you don't meet him. <laughs> oh no, wait, what is it? You do go home and see that your boyfriend's cheating on you. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's film. Crazy. That is so crazy. There's, we just give this give the phenomena a name. Yeah. 
the slidey. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you drinking these days, Chris, that this could happen to you at any point? No, at some of these festivals, at some of these festivals, it can be a bit weird. Really? The fucking mm. toilet's in the not ideal. <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah, that's a good example. That's a good example, actually. Yeah. You could walk in that toilet and not be welcome. And find a (laughs) person with a knife in their head. (laughs) (laughs) We go there every week, Alex. This is not beyond the realms. Might find your bloody knife head in your knife in your head from that bloke you didn't give money to. The RootTube fan. Yeah, he was a big fan. Big fan though. Uh, so I love the fact that so Gabe's trying to just be like okay listen just don't go anywhere but you know he's a bad dude because he's all, you just know he is well, he, but he's he learning return, he does return with a gun yes but the co- the cops are coming yeah it's, I, I love the way he's managing it all yeah like, it's brilliant it's, it's, I love the line you're not we're not keeping you you're just staying I <laughs> fucking love that that's so good you know in that moment outside when he's paying the kids to stab oh, each other oh my god it's I just, love that that's great it's so interesting the way it's being stage managed like i felt like i was learning how to cover up a murder because when he when he takes the phone because obviously pat has called it in so then you're like oh well they're just gonna kill them all or whatever whatever panic 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 but no 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 we'll finish the call to the police because it's more suspicious if you don't so he takes the phone i'm really sorry we got cut off this has been a stabbing and then you're seeing him pay these kids you're like what the fuck is going on Mm. but then that's the darkness of you like there are things in this world I do not know and they've done that before it's just so good like it's the loyalty thing isn't it it's the the loyalty to the cause the desire to be part of this gang and raise your profile in the gang and be known in the gang yeah, the earn kids. your laces yeah, yeah I love yeah, it and they're so young the, the kids that are doing this you know they don't really understand what they're doing or why yeah and, then, and later on at some point it's like oh, you're not even going to get paid for that it, they, it seems yeah. like they're going to get paid and it's like actually no you're not mm. yeah, give, 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 give me the money back it's all going to be vouchers anyway yes oh. <laughs> so good <laughs> um, right before we meet uh, Patrick Stewart we'll have a break A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Because we're going to meet Patrick Stewart, which is mental. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'd forgotten he was in it, actually, uh, which is nice. Because then when he turned up, Shakespeare, Star Trek, Samuel Beckett, Patrick Stewart. I was like, yeah. this, I'm going to love this. Yeah. And I'd heard, so I heard stories about them clashing Jeremy and Patrick Stewart on right, set. Okay. And that Patrick Stewart sort of took him to one side. I asked about that and I was told that maybe it was more Jeremy taking Patrick to one side. Shut but whatever up. happened, they had to have some kind of clear the air talks while they were shooting it. It wasn't working. Really? And uh, but they sorted out. They had the heart to heart, like grown ups, sorted it out, and then it all went like clockwork. But really? do you think Patrick Stewart was just so sort of deep into character <laughs> that he was like, "I'm just going to be a nasty bastard"? <laughs> Maybe he was acting badly. I don't know if you've ever seen the yes. Moby Dick he was in. Hey, 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 hey! hey now I know you're tired, but come on. These cost. I was obsessed with his costume because he's got shirt and jumper. His knee is clean, bit outdoorsy. Obviously gets his hands mm. dirty, but would like wash it. It looked like to me if my granddad, God bless him, was taking me for a nice lunch, that's what he would look like. like yeah, no, it is a gra- it's the granddad look, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it looks amazing. So, right, the band are trapped in the green room. You're like, oh, we're trapped. But then it's like, no, no, good. This is where we need to be. This is exactly where we want to be. This is the safest place. Reese knows wrestling, which I thought was a fun touch. Yep. And then overpowers Big Justin. <laughs> and then So Amber sort of, like... I think she's meant to. She's meant to switch sides. She's with Cowcatcher when we first meet her, but she's dead because her. Uh, sorry, she's sad because her friend's dead. Yeah, I think. She, I think the minute her friend's dead, she switched sides. I never felt that there was any moment where she was going to leave with Cowcatcher. Was she? No, but then I wondered if maybe because I like this film. Maybe I, I wanted a bit more where she seems on their side, the side of the band, straight away, and they, there's maybe a missed twist. Mm there but that's asking for a lot anyway so Darcy's decided right they've got a girl crowd's got a girl and then he's got I love this scene like this paternal trickery of like I only want the gun because it's unregistered so don't worry about it like everything's going to be fine son kind of thing and then when Pat goes to give it to him obviously like for me for yeah first real shock the stab wound in the head I was like that's okay but when Pat gets his arm basically hacked off I found that very shocking it's two things first of all it looks it's really realistic gore yeah and the second thing is it's that age old thing you are left to imagine what was happening behind that door because you don't see it you just see him with his shoulder against the gap in the door and you're just imagining machete after machete going into his arm I've not seen this film in eight years and I would 99% 99% sure I saw his arm get hacked off. Oh, really? So that it worked. I've filled in the blanks. Yeah. Uh, because all you do is see the aftermath. But it's yeah. it's just, I've, I feel like I've seen it. So it, it does the job because um, that is all you need to see. It's fantastic. And then just a really lovely, just the tightness of this group I love. And so, you know, there's not a moment where they're like, like Reese, who's a wrestler, says to Pat, well, you lasted longer than I would have done. And it's just like, that's what happened to you. You were really brave. Mm. I think that's such a good mm. moment. Yeah. Yes, which is why I guess it's a little disappointing where Reese sort of goes, it's every man for himself. Yes. Eventually. He yeah, sort of that's goes, true, yeah. Some of you are going to die. I don't think I'm going to be one of them. Yeah. That's what that's what my read on it is. He thinks he's probably going to make it. Yes. I feel like people behave in quite realistic ways here, though. I, I like the fact that nobody wants the gun. Yeah. Because 
that's how I would be. If you're thrust into this similarly violent situation and you're not a superhero or an action hero, you don't want a gun. I don't know know what I'm doing. I would blow my own foot off. Like, I don't want to hold a gun. Fucker, shoot my foot off! Yeah. Yeah, but Amber... They're just dumb kids in a band. But she's a bit of a psycho, so she just kills Big Justin. Like, she's having none of it. So she's like your secret weapon, basically. Oh, when she slices him open, he he dies at that point. He does die, yeah. Okay. Uh, She has no qualms about that. But, okay, fine. So... This is two two brilliant scripty things that I like. Well, maybe one's a little bit frustrating, but one's very expertly, brilliantly done. So they find the basement, the drug lab thing. Now, obviously, movie logic, that's an escape hatch. It might not open right now, but it will open at some point. No, it fucking won't. Mm. Brilliant. And then Pat starts to tell the story because he's injured, he's tired, whatever. And the story will be in a normal beat like this. I need to tell you something I've never told you before because I think I'm going to die. But all it, genu- it genuinely is a story about painful. And even though later it is the thing that kind of quote much saves the day, it isn't that thing of like, let me tell you, like, let's the, the movie, movies like that always stop while someone says, I never should have, I did a thing when I was young and I hate myself or whatever. But it's like, no, 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 remember the painful thing. I love that. I think that's fucking brilliant. So now they tool up and they leave. Oh, and then Tiger is killed by a dog and yep. I just can't bear it. It's so good. I can't cope with it. I mean, yeah. since I have dogs like that scare the shit out of me. Me too. Uh, big dog was what I've got my scar on my back from when yeah. I was a kid with big dogs, man. I was in a pub on Friday mm. and there was a little, I don't know any types of dog, a little sweet dog mm. with a, with a, you know, a group of friends, really cute, kept sitting near me and try, oh, just gorgeous, right? Mm. And then, at so I was talking to my friend, and then you know when everything slows down, and you can hear ruff, ruff, and this massive dog, like it came in off the street or something, just came, like Zool just came charging down and then knocked my arm to, to basically eat this other dog. But because I've had a drink, my reactions were so chill. I was like, hey, buddy, <laughs> that's not cool. Rather than, oh my God, we're all going to get eaten by a dog. So I was like, don't do that. And then the someone came over and got this big dog away. But then everyone was like, that was a bit weird. It was such a strange moment. It was like this dog was moving through syrup because it's like, time slows down because your drunk brain is like this is not good like the like the Turner and Hooch scene <laughs> <Where he's laughs> yeah, it was like that yeah. and it probably wasn't even that big a dog like I'd had a few pints but it was not a nice situation you sure there was a dog though? <laughs> things went back to normal so quickly <laughs> yeah. anyway there's a, there's a lot of though um, people you think are going to be heroes being killed in a split second straight away and yeah. not in a particularly heroic manner no like Reese dies now yeah and, he's and so just, does Tiger yeah and so Reese has been the person that's like oh every man for himself but he's just stabbed to death and, and and Jeremy was saying he wanted to break the rules with this and it feels like that it's one of those all bets are off films you know they make bad decisions they have terrible consequences and you don't know who's going to last until the end and they don't move through the levels as well they keep going back to the same room mm. which at first I was like I think that's going to get on my nerves but then eventually I was like that's pretty cool because I wanted to see more of the environment and all the rest of it. Um, so, yeah, so we're back to the green room. So here comes Daniel, sent by Darcy to finish the job. He switches sides because he was going to run off with Emily. So then you're like, oh, hooray, everything's going to be fine. Because the band have got an ally who's on the inside. Mm. But oh no, because yeah. he gets his face blown like, off. Literally in and out. I've in never and out f- and under you, five just minutes. You're so gutted. Mm. Like, you're like, that is movie structure. This is how we make an escape. Oh no, it, we're all just back to square one. <laughs> Breaking the rules. And then Sam gets eaten by a dog as well, which is really shocking. Yeah, I mean, that thing, we've got a gun. Shall we just go? It's like, that no 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 don't do that and also that couldn't have gone any worse i yeah. mean they literally uh 
Amber gets shot as well. She does, yeah. yeah. It's a disaster. But it makes you realise, you know, when in a normal film, you'd shoot the dog. You, she does wound it, in fairness, but you've got a gun, it's a dog, you win. But no, you don't, because you can't stop a dog like that if you're shit, a shit shot as well, you which do, most people Well, you just do it. What she should have done is, hey, hey buddy. That's that? not very cool. Bad idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes. So, uh, um, so we're down to Amber and Pat. So we're back in the room. Bit of a ship first date kind of thing. Uh, she's saying, I can't die here with you. And so then we get to the war bit of the paintball story, which does pay off, but it's not sickly sweet, but they just do war. Um, Amber's very happy to do, like, go berserker because that's kind of who she is. So the Nazis are in there. She does that brilliant, like, creep out from the sofa. She's so awesome. <laughs> She's not squeamish at all about using the body of her friend in order to help her escape. Um, and so she basically dispatches the Nazis. Gabe, at this point, terrified. I love the spit. I love the fact that he's like, I want to go to jail. Mm. Because then you realise that retribution from these people is worse than jail. I just thought yeah. that was brilliant. And he, I feel like he's just really quickly gotten out of his depth. Yeah. So I, this is this really confused me because I felt like he was sort of he was very much, you know, that member of a gang that there always is who isn't as strong as the rest of them, who isn't like tooled up, who is he's but he's smarter and he's sort of a bit of weaselly, but he's very much into the cause and he likes having this muscle behind him. So in any other in any other world, without this gang that he was a member of, he probably would be bullied or you know the bottom of the pile. But now he can be a big guy. Yeah, I, this. It's, something didn't sit right about him suddenly going, I want to go to jail at this point. I was just like, okay, that's not my reading of how I'd interpreted your character. Sure, I mean, I feel like he's not in the inner circle, is he? Because he's given his red laces he's tra- rather he's, than... He's graduated. That's yeah, he's, he's graduated. But I think, I feel like he's seeing this other side <clears throat> of uh, of Darcy in that Darcy's about the cause and the ideology but he's really about protecting his business and his mm-hmm. enterprise yeah and so i think he's seeing oh this is this a business to this man rather than does the cause the cause yeah because very early on he's like well cowcatcher have seen too much so they've got a goal so bad mm. heroin for them and it's really obvious that he's just cleaning house yeah all the time it's because it's about it's a film about power structures and hierarchies and i think he's just seeing this other side of it but i agree that i agree the turn does come quite quickly and I did ask Macon about it at the end. Is he really going to the police? Yeah. <laughs> I think he looks he looks intelligent because that's just his face. And he looks like, like you said, a man that suddenly realised that this is not what he thought it was for whatever reason. Mm. And it's gone far too far. But it's such a tight-knit community. Everybody knows everybody. No one's going to go after Darcy for what happened. That's why it's good to cast an older actor because you think you've been doing this a really long time and you're still here. So you understand that he's been doing bad shit for a long time mm. and he's capable of anything. Whereas if he was a leader who was younger, then there would be like a usurping kind of yeah. thing going on. But I agree. Maybe it, I agree with Alex. Maybe it needs another step in between before that switcheroo. Yeah, I think I'd like... Is there a scene where Darcy realises that Gabe is is not on side? Because no, the, the no. giving of the laces is a very paternal, like, you did well, son, and yet it hasn't. it's not enough. Maybe that would have been fun. Yeah, yeah, I just... I, I, I sort of was... I, after it happened, I was like, ah, it's a double cross. Like, it was so at odds with who Gabe was. I was like, that he's got a plan. Like, he's pretending that he wants to go to jail because he thinks the other option is they shoot him dead there and then. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so then we're in the woods. Uh, the stage death was weirdly very chilling, as in this is what you're going to tell people happened to us 
even after everything that's been going on, you've still got the energy and the clarity of thought to be like, we still need to make sure. I don't know. I just found that really cold, which is good. Mm. Um, and so it's fun that Pat's kind of there to ruin this death scene, crime scene. But Amber's like, I'm here to kill absolutely everybody. And so they do. They do kill everybody, mm. including Darcy. And then you, the audience, like that's a victory for society. Like you're not sad to see that person die. No. It feels a little bit unbelievable that they would be able to do it, to topple this. And also, I, and, and this is terrible because he's a terrible man. He's a bad Nazi, but that dog that walks, or the dog that's got an hour to live and it walks all the way from the bar yeah. to its dead owner and just puts its head on his arm and it's going to lie there until it dies. Yeah. I was like... I but, tears in my eyes. But I also, yeah. I also think that's part of the point in the film that that's a a good dog and a nice dog, mm. and this is learned aggression and learned hatred that these kids yeah. have experienced, and what that dog has experienced. It's what the film's about, I think. Yeah, that's a good point. Let me just process that. Yeah, I mean, because the, the the way because when he films the dog, he films it from behind and it's running, and you think that's a killing machine. Mm. It's just going to attack. And then it doesn't. It, and they seem quite content. Amber and Pat seem content to let it be rather than like, well, that might eat us, so yeah. we do need to kill it. Yeah, if you don't think dogs are born evil, you, pro- you don't think humans are born Nazis. I don't think dogs are born evil. I really don't. Yeah. I think some dogs are born a bit too big is my yeah, issue. Some dogs, mm. are, some dogs are stupid as well. I mean, some dogs just can't be trained. Um, yeah. I'm speaking from experience. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was pointing at the TV while we were watching Green Room. I was like... Look, Simon, yeah. dogs, dogs can do stuff. Loads of stuff. And also, when on I command. die, I want you to do that. I want you to put your head <laughs> on my arm. He's just like... Hoo, hoo, hoo. <laughs> That's a good impression, actually. So stupid! <laughs> I, I, like, um, I like Pat's line, it's funny you were so scary at night. Yeah. Because he is just a little old bald man. <laughs> isn't he? Why was I frightened of this little old bald man? Bald yeah, um, that's true. What was his thinking when he starts walking away? Like, he's so powerful, he doesn't it's even... Yeah, think, it's arrogance, seconds, isn't it? Yeah, that these kids are going to do anything. It's an arrogance, isn't it? Um, and that's what makes it so satisfying, that he just shoot him in the back. In some ways, he's spent, you know, spent his whole life around armed kids, and nothing's ever gone wrong for him. So he, he's sort of got so comfortable there that he's forgotten how much they hate him, maybe. <laughs> um, I like that we get a little cut to Tad, just to tell us that Tad hasn't been killed. I think he's hoovering or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because obviously he's tying up all loose ends. So you might think, oh, I wonder if that kid got bumped off because yeah. he's part, he sent them there. Yeah. But no, Tad made it. I mean, he's a bit of a wally, but yeah, he didn't deserve a, to I die. I think of that. Yeah, that is quite sweet. And it's like quite a relief. Yeah. yeah. You're right. And so Calcutta are dead, though. You see the guy with the syringe yes. on. But Worm, worm isn't. Worm's still worm alive. Worm ain't. Right, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. He's just Brent, watching Brent it made all. It. He's watching telly, isn't he? So he's there to oversee the murder of, the uh, organised murder through bad heroin of his friends, or did he just not have the bad heroin? Who knows? Mm. No, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll find out in Green Room 2. <laughs> yeah. So then the point being, the, the important point, Pat and Amber are sat by the roadside and just to bring it all full circle, he has decided on his Desert Island band and she replies, tell somebody who gives a shit, which is brilliant. And Jeremy Saunier said, that's, you know, when you shake people down to their core, who your favourite band is doesn't define you, which is such an inclusive message. Mm. I love that. Yeah. And I think it's acknowledging that, that, you know, it is a bit of a cliche to have a running thing like that in your yeah. film. So we're not going to have it pay off. Yeah. What we'll do is we will, we will have it pay off, but with a punk rock moment, a punk rock joke. Yeah. And I love the idea that once the police have come and sorted it all out, she will be like, I never want to see you again. This was all awful. Thank you so much. Mm. I love that. Brilliant. Uh, And that's it. That's the end of the film.
Wonderful. So we'll do the bits uh, mm. now. Alex, what was your best scene? Uh, my best scene is where Reese and Tiger, in about t- 10 seconds of each other, meet their ends either at the hands of a dog chewing your throat out or at the hands of someone waiting outside a window for you to climb out and just stabbing you repeatedly while you're lying prone on the ground, partially because I wasn't expecting it. And it surprised me and it told me what you said in the moment, which was this, this movie is not going to play by any rules you know by. Uh, mine's exactly the same. For, is it really? Yeah, it is. Wow. Because it's the it's a very memorable, and it's the same with Assault on Precinct 13. It's the moment that you're like, oh no, like anything can happen. What about you? Um, and Pat's arm hanging off? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I really like it when they sing Nazi punks, fuck off. <laughs> yes, I just think it's a really exciting moment uh, that, that sets everything up in a really sort of exciting way. Yeah. Uh, what's your MVW, Chris? Um, I mean, all the actors in this are good, aren't they? God bless Anton Yelchin. I think Alia Shawkat and Imogen Poots are great. Uh, Macon and Brent, I want to give a shout out to particularly as they might listen, so they're the best. But Jeremy Saulnier, he wrote this, he directed this. We've talked about how authentic it is, how real it feels, um, how exciting it is that, that we don't know what's going to happen next, who's going to die. It's a great job. Saulnier! Saulnier! <laughs> Saulnier! Yeah, it's a, it's a fucking masterpiece, this movie. Amazing. Uh, mine is Macon Blair, actually. And Yay! if he's listening, Macon Blair, listen, tell your agent I said this. No, actually not quite, but you're like an approachable Jeremy Allen White. What the fuck? What <laughs> because the, the face, mournful, soulful, deep, regretful, all of this thing. Yeah. Jeremy Allen White is now somewhere else, but you could, re- you know, just put it on the old headshot. I'm the approachable <laughs> Jeremy Allen White. Vanity Fair, co- Hollywood stars this time next year. No joke. I, I, I think s- that's a compliment. I'm going to start calling him the bear. <laughs> the Blair. He will love that. Everybody loves Jeremy Allen White. No, I was really. I think he's fantastic. Oh, it's just so much depth, and a, a lot of it is down to his actual the physicality of his face. Very soulful eyes. He's got such soulful eyes, like the bear. Wait till you see Blue Ruin. <laughs> An approachable, approachable Jeremy <laughs> Allen White. Wow, that's a huge compliment. Okay. Right. Uh, what would you change, Alex? Uh, I, I, this is. Basically, I love this movie, so I don't have a big change. I wish the bar had a name. I went looking for yeah, it online, and I just couldn't find one anywhere. I'm like, I just, you know what I'm like? I'm like the tea twister from Dust Till Dawn. I'm like this bar. That, I like movie bars. Yes. I like to be able to go, the bar in this is that bar. Yeah. And I just wish it had a name. It, I, I thought about it, and it works for the movie that it doesn't have a name, that yeah. it is just this Because everybody knows block. what it is. Yeah. yeah, but I wish it had a name. That's, I like that. What about you? Uh, I don't like Patrick Stewart's accent. Ah, oh, interesting. Um, but that ain't going to be my change. Um, I think the the reveal of Patrick Stewart, the, the, the character of Darcy, should come a little bit later. I'd like it more if we heard him before we saw him barking orders. Yeah. If we just heard this gentle voice from behind the door <laughs> um, trying to convince them. Because we've seen his behaviour already, so we know not to trust him. But I think potentially we might consider it. Yes. If if we hear the kindness in his voice oh, from behind the, the door. Yeah, that's fun. So mine is, right, 
when they're in the bar, when they escape from the green room, one of the first times, we're in a bar, right? And I was like, please don't take a drink because this is real. This is what real people would do. So in a, there's nothing wrong with this, but in a more sort of campy, fun approach to this, someone will go, wait a minute, before we go and do war or do anything, I'll have a shot. Because you're in a bar. There's loads of booze everywhere. Mm. And they don't do that. And I was like, okay, so this is the film we're in. You're not going to do that. And it's like you said, all the behaviour feels really, really real right up until the last scene. I don't think those kids would kill Patrick Stewart. It feels like they've been activated. They've sort of turned into superheroes a little bit where it's like we have the power and the courage to do the thing when they could just run off. And I think they would just run off. So it feels like it's resisted. It's so, like expertly and then at the last minute for me it's like no it's okay we are going to do that it's the final crossing of the threshold isn't it when they have the chance to go away and then they say they're going to go and see about the gunshots yes and it doesn't feel believable to me i think i think you'd be like no thank you we're gonna go and never come here again because if we don't do that we might die and we've spent so long trying not to die would you like the film less though if they just wandered off rather than shoot (laughs) the baddie it's so difficult isn't it you've got to give the people what they want yeah I know I want to see I want to see Patrick Stewart shot in the back (laughs) and then (laughs) I've earned I've earned it and then on the on the bald part of his head that you've seen on the Mm. the bridge of the Enterprise Mm. yeah gone no I don't I don't know what the scene would be there'd be something in the woods between the three of them and that would be the end of it and maybe maybe you'd know that Darcy knew he'd won I don't know but it just did it I loved it still yeah but the tone had been so consistent and then at the last five minutes it, it felt like it changed a bit for me that's it awesome well now it's time for the verdict you want answers I think I'm entitled you want answers I want the truth so I know which way you're voting don't know which way you're voting uh, uh, Alex why don't you go first yeah okay well I tried to create a bit of jeopardy at the start and I do think uh, Salt and Precinct 13 is a good movie but fucking hell Green Room is a masterpiece it's uh, I'm so pleased you introduced me to this movie it's just from start to I haven't been this excited by watching a film in so so long and when I looked down Sony A's CV and saw all these other movies of his that I've not seen a single one of I was like I, I cannot wait to explore those yeah just genuinely I just I, I, I again I'll stop breathing to fine this is this is next level good filmmaking <laughs> Vicky I know that Assault on Precinct 13 is a masterpiece it's also boring although you get points for the brilliant song so the authenticity of Green Room to me I, I'm being invited into what I, a genre I'm familiar with and I'm being allowed to have a little look around through the lens of quite a... It's, a, it's pretty formulaic really mm. but then when it does fuck around with script structure it just does it in ways that are really exhilarating and the the kids are quite sweet and the nazis are bad and that's mm. pretty broad and binary and that is absolutely fine and it's just that perfect storm of a person who knows this world who's very good at what they do brilliantly cast totally believable mm. it's so really good and i'm really pleased with everybody involved <laughs> it's brilliant so it's green room sorry we have a winner yeah, yeah. it's green room uh i mean i pretended it was close at the start of Monday's episode. I it wasn't. Um, no, I, I, I saw on Precinct Thirteen is cool and fun, and it was amazing seeing John Carpenter like appear like this fully formed filmmaker. And I, I like how far ahead of the curve he was. But like in terms of being the head of the curve, I think Green Room, as I said earlier, it feels spookily prescient about where we are with these fucking Nazis and stupid people blindly following the sick ideology of these manipulative bullies. 
and that's grim mm. but it's also cool and fun and it has me on the edge of my seat in a way that Assault and Precinct 13 just doesn't oh no and the fact that it does all those things while at the same time being really really about something makes it easy this week three for three as Chris said, we do have a winner, and the winner is Green Room Buds. Don't forget, you can have your say when the poll goes up on Twitter. Let us know how right or wrong we got it. I don't think, I don't think we did get it wrong this week at all. I think it's definitely, definitely Green Room is the winner. Right, let's look ahead to next week and the start of our Merry Clashmas Christmas countdown. And the clue I gave on Monday was, have a super Christmas. We all had the same clue. Because it's the best clue for these two movies. Next week's clash is Batman Returns <laughs> versus Iron Man 3. That's your clash. Batman Returns versus Iron Man 3 superhero movies. Set at Crimbo. Uh, <laughs> lovely stuff. Do your homework. We'll be doing Batman Returns on Monday between now and then. Do subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok where we are at ClashPod. Have a bloody lovely weekend. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 